TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Um, that was our main focus today and um, he got way too much heat the other game. Uh, he didn't deserve it. It was us that didn't play good. Um, it was not him, for sure not. So uh, we did this, uh, this game for him. Domi took that one away. I mean, we played fast. We played aggressive, and it was, you know, we've had we've had a lot of conversations the last couple of days. Like, if if we're going to go down, we're going to go down playing the way that we know how to play. Turkish got Quinn in front, holds it. Quinn scores! Welcome back to Mighty Quinn! Well, it's going to go to a guy who I think had a really tough offseason and, you know, a tough uh, first half of the season. But every day he came to the rink, he brought a smile and a positive attitude. yesterday and we actually saw it marty before he came on air because our little setup in the pavilion at key bank center allows for it's almost like a big talk show set right like the, yeah. the guest comes from around the corner and if there was an audience out there they would see <clears> him walking down and when jack came around the corner it was like wow i'd forgotten how much this kid loves the arena experience and in a piling on last night of offense from the Sabres, I think it was right and probably felt incredibly appropriate within the room that Cousins bestowed the Sabre to Jack Quinn because he will undoubtedly play a significant role here if this team is to build off of what we saw last night. Oh, absolutely. You're right there, Duffer. Uh, you know, obviously it was great to see Jack Quinn getting the late goal. Why? Because that gets him going. That's like getting that zero off that that column, even though that was only his second game, but you want to get in on the action. And you want to also kind of show that um, you're ready. You're ready. This has been a long, you know, first third of the season for Jack Quinn, the offseason, the injury. Uh, and also putting back Paterka Cousins and Quinn together like they were last year. I think mm -hmm. that Dylan Cousins was probably the happiest person in the room to say, Jeff Skinner, good game, not going to give you the sword. Tucky, good game, not going to give you the sword. Like, uh, you know, he wasn't going to give the sword to anybody. He was going to say, my line mate, my guy, I'm happy to have him back with with me and, and Paterka, Jack Quinn, right? And, and that feeling, I felt like Dylan looked good on the ice. Uh, Paterka looked good on the ice. The top six and the top nine, really, um, oh, the top 12 looked really good. But I feel like right now, and I hate to use injuries as, you know, well, look but at the injuries, but 
then huh? don't. No, <laughs> I but don't... it was, it's only going to, listen, you got to see that for what it is. When you have guys hurt, it affects the way that the lineup is and all of that. Now, it's one game, you know, you go on a run here and you, you, you say, hey, we have our guys and this is the lineup we wanted. Then it's a different conversation. I think after this win, that was awesome. Um, you can't go there yet, but it definitely felt different having that top nine compared to the lineups that the Sabres have put together in the first third of the season. Yeah. Um, do you know which four skaters did not manage to get a point in the 9-3 win last night? Um, oh, I would say... I don't want to pick on him, but I would think Eric Johnson did not no, get a point. No picking. These are facts. We're They're not facts. judging. They're realities. They're <laughs> Eric realities. Johnson was one. Yeah. Okay. Eric Johnson was one. Uh, I am going to say Matthias Samuelson. He had a great opportunity to not be one of those guys, but uh, he, he dude, how many breakaways? How many breakaways is Matthias Samuelson going to have in his uh, in his NHL career? And he didn't score out of the box. Would have been a big goal. Your favorite play, and it didn't materialize. You would have been tellying that for days. And, I would have been uh, showing him like standing up on the penalty box, like ready to jump, like telling the guy, "Open the door! Open the door! I want it! I want it!" And two forwards that did not pick up points. Um, Victor Olofsson. Victor is one. Okay. And then the other one. We've already talked about him and seen him. We've already talked about him and seen him. Well, it has to be Dylan, right? It is Dylan. Yeah. Yes. Because I know Krebs got a, uh, an right. assist on the last Oposo goal. So I knew that like it wasn't Krebs. And Paterko made the nice pass to Quinn. Mm -hmm. So I, okay. Hey, four for four this morning. I feel pretty good. And what about this afternoon? Uh, yeah, this afternoon, like, well, there, there's my one mistake. I've already blew it. I blew it. I went four for four and then screwed it up. <laughs> You're running on central time. That's where we had fond memories from earlier this year when we were on the road in Chicago. Yeah. We'll be in the Eastern time zone on site for the Sabres and Rangers tomorrow night. So we're looking forward to that. And honestly, the pointing out of those four players the fact that you had to think about it for a second with Cousins is of interest because obviously there was nothing negative in his game that would point you in that direction. And I think Olofsson actually played really well with Krebs and Opozo. Um, I think the entirety of the roster was strong last night. Now, I'm going to temper everything for many good reasons, one of which is the fact that they are still looking for just their second Winning streak of two games or more this year. Yeah. Another is, and this was very much a concern from the Leafs side going into the game because Martin Jones had played so well and Sheldon Keefe was relegated to saying, well, Samsonov has to play yes. at some point. Okay, so <laughs> they started him. He was not good. You're it, it, typically not going to see goaltending like that on most nights in the NHL. Is the half full side... They took advantage of it? Yes, 100%. I'm just saying you have to be mindful of the realities of some of the things that we saw last night. And obviously the way the Leafs have played this year and for many years, mm -hmm. their overriding concerns every season, despite massing 100 points or more, is their ability to lock things down and play with some sort of defensive structure, right? Well, I, it was possibly... Took advantage of it because of what Kyle said. They played fast. They played to their yes. strengths, and that's what can happen 
when you're in a situation like that. It was possibly the um, worst goaltending performance that I've seen a visiting team put up against the Sabres this year. Actually, um, Shana should probably be able to bring those numbers for us if we give her a little heads up here. Uh, yeah, well, I kind of pulled hour. the numbers a little bit this morning myself. Like the Sabres scored nine, right? They were expected to score four and a half. Uh, yeah. You take some, that every night, though, right? <laughs> and some metrics is it was even lower. It was at four. So you're looking at it and you say, "Hey, they scored five more goals than expectations mm -hmm. would warrant in that game." But to have a four or four and a half goal expectation is great. Like you make you get uh -huh. four, five, or six, not nine. But how many you know, nights, so Marty? Have it has it been at five on five? Let's say. One and a half to two oh. and a half expected goals. It's been it just, so many nights. So like many just nights. Give the audience a perspective on that. Like how often you see that and how it contrasts with what those numbers portrayed last night. Okay. So I'm pulling up right now just to see five on five, the Sabres and the expected goals. So last night at five on five, it was a two, according to natural stat trick, because that's the only way I can pull it up game, like game by mm -hmm. game. Yep. It was 2.58, right? So it's five on five. It's a good number. Well, this year, there has been, man, so many in the ones right now. I'm counting three, six, nine, 12, 15, 17 games. I'm counting below two. At so more five than on 50%. five, more than 50%, right? Mm -hmm. And you did have some games that you expected to score over three, but that was only three of them. Right. When they beat the Coyotes five to two, when they beat the Jets three to two, and when they beat the Islanders three to one, those I remember those games as yeah. games that, oh, we're seeing the pace, we're seeing the offense, we're seeing the, 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 the identity that the Sabres have had last season. Mm -hmm. Now they really, Played with a lot more pace. And again, I will say Jordan Greenway, great first shift, set the tone. But yeah. you went back and you were you were down two to one, mm -hmm. right? Matthews score. And then there's the Max Domi power play goal. And then you're like, oh, like this is this could go down the wrong path. They oh. continue to play <laughs> fast right away. Scored them eight one the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it Wild. was uh, it was yeah. a wild game. It was a really wild game yeah. thinking about yeah, it. The first time Greenway. in Sabres history, you mentioned after the game, first time in Sabres history that they give up nine or more to come back and score nine or more the very next game. It never happened in Sabres history. Yeah, and it has happened 14 times 14 in NHL times history in the NHL. and had not happened since 1983 when the Red Wings did it and their victim yeah. on the bounce back was Toronto way back then as well. I mentioned also last night that the Sabres improved to a 15 and 0 lifetime when scoring seven or more against the Maple Leafs. And you're yeah. like, well, I would hope so. Well, I went back and, and look, all of them were blowouts, okay. every single one of them, except for the one that ended nine to seven, I dissected and it was nine, four with six minutes to go. And the Leafs rattled off three quick ones to make it nine, seven. So yeah, they've never really been in danger of losing any of these high scoring tilts against Toronto. So, um, and again, if anything, if, if there is any takeaway and I know there's no moral victories and all that kind of nonsense, but I just think it has to be a feel-good moment in a year that hasn't had enough feel-good moments. And maybe when you actually reset like that, because we've hit, talked about hitting the reset button mm -hmm. before, 
um, maybe that can be just something to put them in a better place moving forward. Belief in one another and all the rest of it. Everything, everything that comes along with holiday cheer. I'll go back. So. I'll go back to Rasmus Dahlin's comments after the game. Yeah. Look, Dahls has is, is really grown a lot from his first year in Buffalo and, you know, kind of seeing the, the cliches, right? Oh, I got to be better. I got to make better plays. There's that. And then now communicating at a, at the next level mm-hmm. and showing maturity at the next level and voicing what's on his mind, what's on his heart when he says, you know what? That 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 wasn't fair to have the hate on Donnie. It's on us, and we had his back. We wanted to have his back. Now use that same energy and say, "Hey, can't just be for one game." Use mm-hmm. that same leadership, that same uh, um, that same maturity to say, it "Can't just be for one game," because the Rangers are a huge test. The Leafs were a huge test. Uh, Vegas was a big test. Boston was a big test. You responded to it. Continue to respond because going into the Christmas break mm-hmm. on your second two-game win streak of the season would be, for me, the only way to go into this this break because it would... Losing to New York tomorrow night, and I hate to even go that way, but losing to New York the other night tomorrow night would only kind of push aside all the good that you were able to do last night. And that, to me, is the next step that this team has to get to now. Rangers coming off a win in Toronto, and they are hosting Edmonton tonight. The Oilers coming off of a win last night against the Devils, so it should be an exciting one at MSG this evening. The Amherst are playing um, tonight. We're going to talk with Seth Appert in just a moment here, the head coach of the Amherst, but uh, just maybe put a quick bow, and obviously Shannon Goldman's going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and there's no shortage of things to get to, but we did want to dive in uh, with her on a, you know, kind of a, it's super ironic and perfect that one of the reasons we were going to go down this path of big name players having terrible years. Yeah. Ovechkin. And he gets the overtime winner to finally score for for the first time in 15 games last night. So, but there's a long list of expected impact players in the league who are well down in single digit goal scoring as we get much closer to the halfway point of the year. So it's not just focusing on the negative. It's like, what does this actually mean for these franchises to have money, big money invested in these guys? And how does it make them rethink their current situations as we get deeper into the year? And then obviously closer to the trade deadline. And are any of these pieces in play at some point, but it was something to see Ovechkin add to his NHL record total of overtime goals and uh, finish it off the way he did. And there was obviously a little bit of controversy as well as Merzit Leakins lost his mind, drew, took a penalty and uh, Tom Wilson and the caps were the beneficiaries. But Marty final note on the Sabres here before we transition yep. to the Amherst quickly for tonight, what maybe like, one, two, three guys off the top of your head that uh, deserve a little bit extra love for how the game played out. And by the way, that Greenway situation you're talking about, the hit, the first shift, the goal, what an unreal job he did to stay on side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and look, it's about as simple as you, you can get. The puck's yeah. on your stick for a half a second. You shoot it on net. Let's see what you can do. You just delivered a big hit. You don't want to have a turnover and then have to play defense. He just gets the puck for a quick second. Yes, he did stretch his left to stay on side at the blue line, and he gets it in. The hit was awesome. If he doesn't score, comes back to the bench, the, the bench would have been, good job, Greener. Big hit to start to set the tempo, and he gets the goal on top of it. So Jordan Greenway, everybody talked about him, and and how he's a big part of this team. Um, we saw that in this game, obviously, in a different role too, a more of a, you know, supporting cast type role. Owen Power, 
Look, mm-hmm. it's not been the best of seasons so far for Owen Power, but his goal to be able to get it to 2-2, right? Like Toronto just scored on the power play. Max Domi with the power play goal. You're down 2-1. It could go eight away. Benson looks to pass back to Casey Mills that way. He's not there. Power calmly get the puck, gets the puck to his backhand and puts it in the net. I thought power looked really good to me in that, in that, uh, in that sequence. And I'll use the power play as a unit. Another, like they moved yeah. the puck well and they shot, they had that shot mentality, obviously dallying with the five on three goal. But more importantly, like Thompson, a few one timers, like yeah. really unloading that shot, right? Not moving him to the other side, keep him on his one timer side and let him unload. And then it opened up other things. I thought the power play, you know, looked really good, uh, you know, moving the puck and creating chances. Power play went one for five. The PK uh, stopped three of four, and the Sabres are at the Rangers tomorrow night. The Amherst are home this evening, and there's continuity from an organizational standpoint. Santa and Mrs. Claus are going to be there in Rochester tonight, as they were in Buffalo. Uh, of course, Marty has arranged a rideshare setup to the make sure they get there safely, based on what he witnessed on the way into the building last night. And, of course, it is... Freeze Fest this evening presented by the Seneca Park Zoo. Uh, Providence is in. Pre-game activities include snow cones, carolers, and of course, the clauses who will be on hand. Plenty of giveaways throughout and of course, spreading holiday cheer. Head coach Seth Appert is with us to do just that and to obviously talk about his team. Hi, Seth. Happy holidays. How are you? Hey, Duffer. How are we doing? Wonderful. And uh, really curious just how you're viewing your roster now that uh, it was made official today that uh, Yuri Kulik is off to uh, the World Juniors once again and how do you configure things to reshuffle the deck if you will offensively yeah I mean certainly it's a it's an impact uh, losing a player like Yuri um, but you know the benefits of him going to the World Juniors are just too strong um, you know what a great experience for him the pressure uh, probably be, you know, one of their best players, if not their best player, probably be a captain. You know, those are amazing experiences in your overall development. Um, and, and his loyalty and his pride for his nation just, just made him really want to go. And, uh, those are things I really respect about him. And so, you know, in the American league, you're so used to not having your full lineup. You just never do. I mean, they very seldom have the same lineup from one night to the next because of call-ups and injuries and things like that. So this is just another situation. Obviously, it's one of our best players, but other guys get the opportunity to step in for him. Uh, personally, Seth, can you guys make sure to, um, I, I want to say just beat, but I'd love to say a stronger word to beat the Providence Bruins because I'm still bitter from the 1999 Calder Cup Finals when Peter Laviolette coached that team and they had Cameron Mann and Landon Wilson and John Graham and they got everybody back from Boston where all of our guys were still in Buffalo because the Sabres had their uh, Stanley Cup f- Finals run then and we lost in five games. I still hate that team. I hate that team, the Providence Bruins, so bad. So just for me, just for me, Christmas gift, like it, I'd be just, I'd be very happy if that can come true. I'd be uh, thrilled to give you that Christmas present, Marty. That would be no problem at all. <laughs> okay, what uh, what kind of challenge is Providence though? Because that's not the team that you guys see all that often, right? No, in the Atlantic Division, with the exception of Charlotte, where you play four times, the Atlantic you just play two games, one on the road, one home. And it's funny, Brett Murray and I were talking about that this morning. Now you just don't feel you know them, uh, you don't know their personnel as much. You don't know their style as much. You watch video and you pre-scout and those things, but 
they got a really good roster. Um, they've, they've lost a few games here recently, but they have a good mix. You know, they've got some older guys that have a lot of NHL experience like Magna and Jesper Boquist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got some defensemen that have had a lot of NHL experience for enough. Ian Mitchell's been in the NHL recently. Um, but then they're mixed in with some good young players. Uh, you know, the Farinacci's and Lysel's and, and uh, uh, Merkeloff is having a tremendous uh, second year for them. So, uh, they they got a really good team. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge, and we just need to keep playing the right way. We're these last four games we've played really strong hockey. We're not getting the results. Um, and some of it self inflicted. Some of it just kind of that's the nature of hockey. Uh, Hellberg had a great game against us last week, and uh, but you know I think in our play we probably could be three zero and one in our last four instead of one two and one. Um, but you need to stay the course uh, and just keep playing the right way because you get rewarded long-term if you're playing the right way. It's amazing to me to look at the overall numbers and see how consistently highly you've ranked offensively, but then you look at some of the individuals that you would think would have scored more to help the team maintain that kind of lofty status, and yet you do have a fair number of players, veterans and otherwise, that are you know, in, in minor droughts here, um, I, I think at the start of the year, we were really enamored with the overall play of Kisikoff, and then he got hurt, and he hasn't been able to get a point in the last nine. Can you give us a quick update on, on how he is right now? Yeah, Kisikoff, it, it, it's been frustrating because his, his, that injury has certainly derailed some, some steady progress that he was making. Uh, he hasn't been the same player since being back, doesn't have the same – popping his step he's already a undersized guy that's slight and young um and now he's he's lost some separation um and then when you're not when you don't have separation then you're in the battle a lot when you're in the battle a lot you're 165 pounds it's hard so um Noichev at the same time has made a big jump here in the last month um his daily habits have improved dramatically. He's earning the right to play with Byro and Rusek right now. He's not, it's not being given to him. You know, sometimes in the American League, you have to give some things to your younger prospects because that's development. Uh, and other times you have to be hard on him. You have to hold him accountable and, and make him earn it. And right now he's earning that opportunity um, in his daily habits, how he's practicing, how he's looked in games. And that line last week and, the, and, and also on Wednesday has been very dangerous uh, dynamic line. So that's been exciting to see. So defensively, you guys have uh, unfortunately given up a lot of goals, right? But that's the way the flow of the games have gone. You've been able to overcome that at times earlier in the season. Uh, what are some of the adjustments that you guys are trying to make so that, you know, the games are not kind of going away and you have to claw back into it? Like, is there some defensive adjustments that you're looking to make? Yeah, we've we've become like last year, we became a really good defensive team in the, in the last 15, 20 games. And yeah. obviously in the playoffs, you don't win in the playoffs if you're not strong defensively. And I think we're going through that same process this year. I thought we were poor defensively executing very well offensively and competing very hard. And now we're, we're transitioning and starting to become a better hockey team defensively. Last week, we played three really good teams on the road, uh, held uh, Springfield to three, held Hartford to two, held Wilkesbury to two. Last game held Cleveland, who's a great offensive team, to three, two, four. Realistically, that was an off night for Ticker. Um, Ticker has been really good for us. That I think if Ticker's normal Ticker, that's probably a one-goal game. Um, so our defensive numbers have been coming the last uh, couple weeks. Um, some of it is attention to detail. Um, and 
also last year what turned it and it's starting to this year is we forced more turnovers which meant that we had the puck more and we're starting to do that more our forecheck numbers were 25th in the league in terms of our forecheck success they're up to 10th in the league right now and then our, our d zone takeaway numbers are steadily getting better right now and if you don't force turnovers by taking time and space away from your opponent you just you're stuck without the puck the whole game and then you're going to be bad defensively. So last year that kind of turned our season um, and we're seeing the same thing right now. And it's a work in progress. Your defense obviously has uh, been hit multiple times with injuries and the current situation is no prow and no Metza. Of course, Metza wasn't even able to get in at the start because the group was so healthy. And now you have Jacob Bryson there and it'll be his second game. Um, What can what can you expect from Jacob and what is Jacob expecting from himself after this incredibly long wait just to get back playing again? Well, first of all, like I've, I've had the opportunity to coach Jacob for a small period of time. Nathan Page played with Jacob and you just, he's a world-class person. He's just, just a great human being. He's a great teammate. So he's handling this uh, like a pro. He knows he's a smart player. He's a smart kid. He knows that it's better off for him to play in the American league than to sit as long as he's been sitting in the NHL. We all, you all want to be in the NHL. The players want to be there, but sitting there stagnating for weeks, months at a time, sometimes years, like Riley Stillman was in and out for years and Riley Stillman's game has been way better uh, than it was six weeks ago. Um, Because when you're in the spots that Bryson and Stillman and some of these guys have been in, in the NHL, all you're trying to do at times is survive and fight to live another day. That's it. And, but you're not focused on getting better. You're not focused on making plays. You're not even really having fun. You're just trying to stay in the league for one more day. And then when you do that, you try to stay in the league for another day and you get to come down now and Bryson gets to play 20 plus minutes. He gets to be on the power play. Uh, He, he gets those experiences and that time and to find his game and also kind of find the joy and the love of the game again. And when he gets called back up, he's going to be better served for having played instead of sitting there uh, just practicing. I'd be uh, forgetting something if I didn't ask about the headquarters at uh, this Christmas season. Is there a tree in the house that's decorated? Is there presents underneath the tree? Uh, how is my boy Vinny Prospel handling all of that? And uh, yeah, just wanted to check on the, on the house situation there in Roch. Yeah, the ranch is good. The ranch. That, that that's why I forget it's the ranch, not the headquarters. It's the ranch. The ranch. I think Webby named it that. Um, but uh the the ranch is good. Uh we do have a tree. Uh Anthony oh. Gady, uh, who's yeah. uh, one of our young uh video coaches and analytics guys, um, who also lives with us and Amir Galati, our other video yeah. coach. So it's the four of us. How many bedrooms is uh, this place? Uh, we can't tell you that. You know, that's, that's, that's private information uh, that can't be shared. Um, you'll have to earn an invite uh, to be able to find that out. So, but uh, Anthony, we call him Big Tones. Uh, that's his nickname. And Big Tones was nice enough to put a tree up. So we have a little Christmas spirit in there. Um, we have exchanged some gifts amongst the staff as well. So uh, we, we have we have Christmas spirit to us. That's for sure. That is the least surprising development of all because you guys have such a great group and I would expect nothing less. Uh, Enjoy Freeze Fest tonight. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, all the best to your family too, Seth. Happy holidays. Thank you for this. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Shana Goldman from The Athletic is next on Sabres Live. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.